الحديث الخامس عن عن أم المؤمنين أم عبد الله عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد رواه البخاري ومسلم وفي رواية لمسلم من عمل عملا ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد This hadith is hadith number five from the fifty ahadith of Arba'een al-Nawawiyya which means Alhamdulillah we will have done ten percent is that 10%? 10% of the book. Alhamdulillah. Naam. So, Aisha, radiallahu anha, the wife of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, says, the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu Whoever is going to introduce anything new in this issue of ours, in this affair of ours, which means Islam, if anyone is going to introduce something new in this religion, then it will be rejected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam can show us how to worship Allah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is supposed to show us what ibadah is and what is not ibadah. What is an act of worship and what is not considered an act of worship. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fulfilled that obligation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him without fail. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirms that by saying, Al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum. This day have I completed your religion for you. That is in the Quran. Meaning this Islam is now complete. Akmalt. I've completed your religion for you. Everything which is a part of this religion, I've taught you. And whatever has not been taught, is not a part of this religion, because the religion is now complete. وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي And I've completed my favor on you. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا I give you Islam as your religion, a complete religion, according to the way it was taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anything which was not taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then is not going to be a part of deen. This hadith is a yardstick or a scale 
by which we weigh the works which can be seen. Al-A'mal al-Zahira, works which can be observed. The first hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ is a yardstick by which we weigh things that cannot be seen. I mentioned earlier that in order for ibadah to be accepted, it needs two things. Ikhlas, which is sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being sincere and doing it only for Allah. Wal-mutaba'a, which is following and obeying the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ is the hadith that talks about ikhlas. And this second hadith, rather this fifth hadith, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٍ is the hadith that talks about mutaba'ah. The first hadith emphasizes what? Ikhlas, sincerity. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ it emphasizes being sincere in our religion and doing it only for the sake of Allah. And this hadith, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٍ emphasizes mutaba'ah, following the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I have to mention that in the sharia, anything that is done without following the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not acceptable. I'll give you an example. If I wanted to pray salah or I wanted to perform ablution and then I started by washing my feet and after washing my feet, I wash my hair. And then I clean my mouth. And then wash my arms. And then go for salah. Is my ablution complete or is it acceptable? If, if I prayed with such ablution, would the salah be acceptable? Why would the salah not be acceptable? And why is the ablution not acceptable? What is required is to wash the feet, and I've washed my feet. Washing the arms is required, and I've done it. I've done all the parts, but the ablution still is not acceptable. Why is it not acceptable? Because I, I did not follow the way Rasulullah taught us to make ablution. And I think all Muslims in the world agree on that. If I pray Salatul Dhuhr, and then I pray more, because more is good, instead of four rakats, I pray seven, to increase on the four rakats. Is the Salatul Dhuhr acceptable or not acceptable? Why is it not acceptable? Because I did not pray Salatul Dhuhr the way Muhammad wasallam taught us to pray Salatul Dhuhr. So if this applies to issues such as ablution and salah, meaning when we do not follow Muhammad wasallam in his ablution, the ablution is not acceptable. If we don't follow Muhammad wasallam in the way he performed salah, the salah is not acceptable. Then this should apply to everything else in deen. If it applies to ablution and it applies to ghusl, and it applies to salah, then it should apply to everything in deen. 
everything that is done, not the way it was taught by Muhammad wasallam, is baseless and should be rejected. I'll give you another example. In the Sharia, if someone makes a ruling about something in Sharia, and the ruling is not in accordance with the Sunnah of Rasulullah the ruling has to be nullified. And the ruling is not considered effective. For example, if people came to me and said they want nikah, they want to get married, a man and a woman, they come to me and I make dua to the, for them and say the nikah has happened. If someone else who is more educated later discovers that the nikah did not have two witnesses and no mahar was paid, the bride price was not paid, and there were no witnesses to the nikah, and the lady did not even have a wali, what would happen to the nikah? It has to be cancelled. They have to be separated. Why will they be separated? Because I did not judge or I did not rule in accordance with the sunnah of Rasulullah What I'm trying to make you understand is that anything in Islam that's not based on the ruling or teaching of Muhammad is baseless it has to be rejected. In the same way that nikah that does not follow the sunnah is rejected. In the same way that wudu that does not follow Muhammad wasallam is rejected. Salah that does not follow Muhammad wasallam is rejected. Anything in this religion which does not follow the teaching of Muhammad wasallam, it has to be rejected. A practical example of this is the hadith which is found in Bukhari. In this hadith, a Bedouin came to the Messenger وسلم, and said, Ya Rasulullah, I would like you to judge between us in accordance with the Book of Allah, in accordance with the Sharia. This man you see here with me, he came with another man. I have a son. And the son used to work for him. My son used to work for him. Then what happened was that this son made zina with his wife. The Bedouin had a son. The son was working for this man. And the son made zina, adultery, with the wife of his boss. So he says... When we went to a certain Qadi to judge between us, he told us that my son must be stoned to death. What, route, what ruling did he give? The son should be stoned to death. So the Bedouin says, I had to pay blood money so that my son is not stoned to death. I gave this man 100 sheep and a slave girl in order to spare my son as blood money. So then I went to some other people who have more knowledge and they told me 
that this ruling was not correct. So we have come to you so that you can judge between us. Obviously they came a long distance. So that you can judge between us according to the book of Allah. The Messenger وسلم, said, I'm going to give you judgment in accordance with the Sharia of Allah. As for the uh, sheep and the slave girl, they should be returned to the owner, the Arabi. Why? Because the ruling was not correct in the first place. As for your son, because he is not married, he should be given 100 strokes and should be exiled for one year. What's the punishment for the son? 100 strokes and exile for one year. As for your wife, she should be stoned to death, the wife of the man. Why? Because she's married and she's guilty of adultery. The boy is not married and he's guilty of fornication. The punishment for the boy is 100 strokes and exile for one year. The punishment for the lady is that she should be stoned to death and the sheep must be returned and the slave girl must be returned. Why was the sheep returned and the slave girl returned? Because man, because man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahuwa rabd. Whoever does something which does not constitute our command, fahuwa rabd, it should not be accepted. It has to be rejected. I have to emphasize that the intention of the person who introduces something new in Islam does not matter. The person may intend something good. They intend not evil. They want something good for, for this religion. Maybe they introduce something new in deen because they love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Or they introduce something new in religion because they love Allah. That doesn't matter. Still, فَهُوَ The evidence of that is that a Sahabi in the time of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam slaughtered his sheep before Salatul Eid. You know in Eid we're supposed to do our slaughtering. The sacrifice happens after Salatul Eid. The Udhiyah. But this Sahabi was so eager to please Allah. He loved Allah and he wanted to do it early. As early as possible. So he got his sheep and slaughtered before Salatul Eid. The niyyah was good, the intention was very good, and he gave to the neighbors, and gave sadaqat, and some for his family. Then he comes to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ya Rasulullah, for me, I, I didn't even delay. For me, I already slaughtered. Before the salah, I had already slaughtered, and the meat I've already distributed. 
expecting the Messenger وسلم, should be happy with him because, because he has done something nice and, and very quickly. But Rasulullah said to him, As for your sheep, it's not over here. You haven't slaughtered. Ghanamuk, Ghanam Lahmin. Your sheep is just for meat. Allah hasn't accepted the Udhiya because you did it before Salatul Eid. But Ya Rasulullah, my intention is good. I want to please Allah by doing it quickly. And my niya is a very good niya. But the problem is, Man amila amalan, laysa alayhi amruna Whoever does something which does not constitute our command, it should be rejected. The majority of the people of Bid'ah will claim their Bid'ah is because they love Deen and they love Rasulullah. Even this Sahabi loved Deen. And he loved Rasulullah But Rasulullah said his ghanam was only for meat. Why? Because he did it before the time. You love salah. And then you decide you don't want to delay. Salatul Dhuhr, 11.30, you've already prayed and finished. We should be applauding you, not so. Ah, he's, mashallah, he doesn't like to delay his salah. For him, by 11.30, he's already done his salat al-dhuhr. And by 15 hours, his asr is finished. By 16 hours, he has finished maghrib. That's being eager, and that's, uh, mashallah, wanting to please Allah. But the problem is, are those salawat acceptable? But, oh, I'm trying something good. I'm trying to pray early. The problem is, you have to do it according to the way it was taught by Rasulullah If you do it any other way, it will not be accepted. Some people might understand this as meaning there's simply no thawab. If you introduce something new in, in deen, you will not get a reward for it and Allah is not going to accept it. It doesn't end there. There is a punishment for it. It does not end with your work not being accepted. There's a punishment for that. Rasulullah said, Man sanna sunnatan sayyi'a falahu min al-athan mithl athan man tabi'ahu la yanqusu thalika min athamihim shay'a whoever begins something bad in religion he's going to have his own sins and he will carry with him the sins of the people who follow him and that takes nothing away from the sins of those who are following him maybe for you to understand if I introduce in this masjid as an imam, I tell you, uh, we'll be dancing in this masjid every Friday. After Salatul Jum'ah, we must all meet outside and dance. And this begins in the masjid. Every Jum'ah, 
people meet outside and dance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to hold me accountable for this bid'ah which I've introduced in the masjid. But also everyone who dances is going to have his own sins and I will carry the sins of everyone that is dancing. So if 100 people come to dance, all the sins of the 100 people are on me. And that does not take away their sins. Each one is going to have his own sins, but I will take the sins of 100 people. And if after that people continue to dance for years, for hundreds of years, they continue dancing. If I were to die, anyone who dances, because I'm the one who introduced the dancing, they are firm, have to come to me. That's why you have to be very, very careful with bid'ah. Any amal, any work that has to do with bid'ah, have nothing to do with it. Because you will have the sins of the people participating in the bid'ah. If a group of people, 100 or 200 of them, want to travel for an act which is known to be a bid'ah act, something which is an innovation in the religion of Islam, and I make tabarru' by providing them with buses or providing them with transport to go and make these acts of bid'ah, I have to share in their atham. And I need to mention something to you which probably the majority of us did not know. Bid'ah is more sinful than ma'asiyah. Ma'asiyah means disobedience of Allah, such as drinking beer and making zina and such things. Bid'ah is more sinful than this ma'asi. A person who drinks beer or a person who makes zina does nothing to harm this religion. He harms only himself. If you drink beer, you harm yourself. You don't harm us, you don't harm Allah. If you make zina, you harm yourself. The consequences of zina will be on you. But when you introduce bid'ah in the religion of Allah, you misguide a lot of people. Not only people that live today, but people that will come after that. Who are going to follow that bid'ah. Someone asked about propagating Islam through, through songs, through anashid. It is an effective tool of propagating our religion. We sing about Allah, give thanks to Allah, whatever and such things, as da'wah. It's quite simple, if you understand this hadith. مَنْ أَحْدَفَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ Rasulullah did not sing any songs to people to, to call them to Islam. 
If you know of anything like that, please do share with me. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba gathered and sang songs to propagate this religion of ours. There is nothing like that. So such forms of propagation are bidah. There's a group that introduced these so-called uh, anashid. They called them the Turabiyya. This Turabiyya, maybe I should not go into, into details. But it's an innovation. An innovation by which they hope to capture the Salihin as well as the non-Salihin. The pious and the non-pious. The non-pious are attracted to the music. The salihin, the pious, are attracted to the zuhd. At the same time, I also need to emphasize that things which serve to improve the state of our religion are not bitter. Something which was already introduced by the Messenger wasallam, but something done just to improve or make it more effective is not considered bidah. For example, da'wah. Da'wah was made by the Messenger wasallam. But then, there are different methods of da'wah nowadays, which obviously do not go against the teaching of Rasulullah wasallam. For example, if one went on the radio in order to talk about Allah and talk about Rasulullah we cannot say it's bid'ah. Because da'wah in itself is not bid'ah. Rasulullah called people to Islam. It's just that we now have improved methods of da'wah and we can reach more people at one uh, particular moment. So this is not considered bid'ah. Or the introduction of a microphone in the masjid. The microphone is there to improve or make loud the voice of the mu'adhin and the voice of the imam. The microphone in itself is not bid'ah. It's not an, a new innovation in religion. The adhan has always been there, not so. It was there in the time of Rasulullah so that ibadah is there, all that has happened is that the voice is louder. That is not bid'ah. And while talking about da'wah, I want to emphasize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made easy for different people, different forms of da'wah. So long as these forms of da'wah conform with the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, one should not say, you have to make da'wah only my way. There are different forms of da'wah. A person can make da'wah in his home. Someone else can make da'wah by talking to his friends. Someone else could make da'wah on the radio. Someone else could travel somewhere to go and make da'wah. There are different ways of da'wah and we cannot stick to simply one form of da'wah. So these acts, such as the carpet in the masjid, do not include man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu Then you also have to understand that bid'ah means something which is introduced in religion and is considered an act of worship. 
Bid'ah is not simply something new you introduce. Bid'ah is something new you introduce in deen which you consider to be an act of worship. For example, is the microphone a form of worship? Did anyone say if there is no microphone, the salah is not acceptable? Therefore, it's not bid'ah because it's not considered an act of worship. Is the carpet a form of worship? Did anyone say if there is no carpet in the masjid, therefore the salah is not acceptable? The salah is acceptable. And this brings me to the string of beads, tasbih. Is it bid'ah or is it not bid'ah? If a person has a string of beads to help him count the number of times he said subhanallah, to keep track on the number of times, he does not consider the beads to be something holy or an act of worship, would that be haram? It's not haram. Different people can use different things. Some people use stones, some people use uh, uh, what? The fingers. Some people use the electronic uh, uh, tasbih. So long as your intention is to keep track of how many times you say Subhanallah or how many times you say Alhamdulillah, there's nothing wrong with that. But the moment you begin to believe the string of beads is holy and it must be tre- uh, treated as a, a, a holy thing and don't take it to the toilet and don't do this to it. You must kiss it when you finish uh, uh, counting, then that becomes bid'ah. I hope that explanation is, is clear. So the second part of the hadith, which is the riwayah of Muslim, says, "Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna The first part says, "Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu my favorite riwayah is the riwayah of Muslim. Because it's much more encompassing. It says whoever does. The riwayah of Bukhari says whoever introduces. Which means the riwayah of Bukhari leaves out the person who practices the, the bid'ah. It only talks about the person who introduces the bid'ah. But man amila, whoever does that bid'ah, man amila amalan, laysa alayhi amruna, fahuwara. So in our deen, there's just one question you need to ask yourself. Stop troubling the, the, the ulama about is this, is this okay or is this not okay. Use this question yourself. Was this done by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam or was it not done by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? If it was not done, fawarad, khalas. If you find people dancing outside your masjid, don't bother the ulama with questions like uh, they're dancing outside, is it permissible? Just ask yourself, imagine, did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam dance like this? I think you can get the answer to that. If he didn't, fawarad. It's not acceptable. And I need to go back to the uh, Anashid. Some people get me very, very wrong here. I didn't say Nashid is haram. Nashid, those, the Islamic songs. I didn't say Nashid is haram. 
I simply said, Nashid is not an act of worship. You understand me? There's a difference. I didn't say Nashid is haram, it's not haram. But Nashid is not an act of worship, and it's not a method of da'wah. If the Nashid contains piano and guitar, it's haram. There's no doubt about that, because it becomes music. Because you're using mazamir, it becomes haram. If the nasheed does not contain pianos, does not contain guitars, it's just some words talking about Allah, the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yeah, it's okay. You may enjoy it, but don't, don't say you are making dhikr. It's not, it's not a form of worship. Today it's sad. The majority of Muslims know so many anasheed and two surahs from the Qur'an can sing so many anashid and read only two surahs from the, 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 the Qur'an. This religion is not about songs. This religion is about Qur'an. Learn something that is going to help you. By listening to the Qur'an you get thawab. By listening to nashid you get thawab. You don't get thawab for listening to nasheed. In fact, nasheed is some kind of a replacement for music. For those who probably like to listen to music and the ulama taught them music is not good, they found an alternative to, to the music, something which is almost music but not really music, something, something to listen to, it's just something people enjoy. So we said, "Man ahdatha fi amrina hada, ma laysa minhu fa huwa rad. Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fa huwa rad." When we come to ibadat, such as salah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, "Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli." Pray the way you have, you have seen me pray. Meaning any other way is not acceptable. So you ask yourself, was the day before yesterday, Yawm al-Jum'ah, on uh, Friday, when we spoke in the khutbah about certain celebrations which Muslims are supposed to stay away from because they are not part of the sunnah. After the salah, someone approached me outside and uh, told me that knowledge is a sea. It's bahar. Ilm, knowledge is a sea. Meaning, no one can know everything. So, 
you could learn about something in one way and other people will also learn about it in another way. I did not want to respond to that but I would like you to understand that when it comes to the sunnah it doesn't have to be a C. It's just something very, very simple. There's no C here. It's either it was done by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam or it was not done by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's nothing complicated here. You don't need to be very educated. Are we together? In order to tell what is bid'ah and what is not bid'ah, there is no need to be very educated. The simple question is, was it done or was it not done? We, we don't even need to go to the sea in this, in this case. If someone comes to you and says, knowledge is a sea, and you could learn one part and I learnt another part, ask him to show you which part of the sea he learnt, where Rasulullah did such a thing. Yeah, since it's a sea, and you did not reach that part of the sea, so it's very simple to ask him to bring that part of the sea which he learnt where Rasulullah was dancing so that we can also read that part of the sea which we did not reach. But if it's a sea that can't be found, where you say, okay now show us the dalil where Rasulullah used to dance, he says, no, 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 it's just, it's knowledge is a sea, okay, but show us. For us, we don't stand in front of people and tell them knowledge is a sea so they can't understand it. We show them exactly what is written in the, in the sunnah. And this hadith, who narrated the hadith? Aisha and the... Uh, no, that's the reporter of the hadith. Uh, what about the, uh, uh, um, the, the one who recorded the hadith? Who recorded the hadith? Bukhari and Muslim is there on earth a hadith more correct than the hadith of Bukhari and Muslim. So if anyone brought anything from the sea, from that wide sea, I'm afraid it cannot stand up to this, to this hadith. Because this is Bukhari and Muslim. The book of Bukhari is the most correct book in the world after the book of Allah. The book of Bukhari is the most correct book in the world after the book of Allah. And when Bukhari and Muslim combine, that is the strongest hadith in the world about which there is no doubt. So this hadith is clear. Bukhari and Muslim, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad. Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahuwa rad. Then... Why, why would we confuse people by talking about seas? Which sea? The hadith is simple. I told you the whole ilm of Islam can be summarized in how many ahadith? Four ahadith. Which are called the ummahat, the mother of, of hadith. All the ilm of Islam. Everything you need to know about bid'ah, this hadith will cover it. All of it. Don't go to the sea. This hadith is enough. If someone comes and says, Brothers, brothers, let's go for Black Friday, Black Friday. 
uh, say to him, Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went for Black Friday. Said, no, he didn't. Man ahdafa fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad. Khalas, Someone comes and says, brothers, New Year, New Year, Happy New Year. Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went for, for that. No, he didn't. Man ahdafa fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad. End of story. What do you need a see for? And if deen required that all of us should become ulama in order to be on, on tariqul mustaqim, then everyone would go to hell. Because there are very few people who are so educated as to cover the sea. A deen yusr. Religion is easy. Rasulullah explained this deen in words which are not, I mean, which are not ambiguous. They are clear, straightforward. The Ahlul Bid'ah will tell you, we love the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's why we do this. I'll narrate to you the story of Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu. He went to a certain place and found people in the masjid, with a big sheikh, I think two big sheikhs in front of them, and they had sticks, you know, like the ones we hold in, in khutbah, in their hands. And they were giving directives to everyone in the masjid. For example, they would say, One uh, hundred times, subhanallah. Then everyone starts. How many times? One hundred times, subhanallah. Then everyone starts. Subhanallah, 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 subhanallah. One hundred times. Then after that, okay, stop. One hundred times, La ilaha illallah. Then the whole masjid, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha when Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu entered the masjid, he said, Brothers, Rasulullah even the plates that Rasulullah was using are not yet broken. They're still there. His clothes are not yet even rotten. They're still there. And you already started something like this? They said, No, you misunderstood us. What? No, we're doing something good. We're only doing it for Allah. We love Allah. We're making dhikr. Is dhikr haram? He said, either you are more knowledgeable than all the companions of the Messenger, because the companions are still around. They're still around. Not, they've not died. Even the clothes of Rasulullah have not yet rotten. And you're introducing something new in deen. Either you are more knowledgeable than the Messenger وسلم, and his companions, or you've introduced something in religion that the Messenger وسلم, has not permitted. But tell me, is Subhanallah haram? It's not haram. Is Alhamdulillah haram? Is Allahu Akbar haram? What is wrong about it? They are not doing it the way Rasulullah did it. Rasulullah did not do it in a group with the companions, and that's already wrong. It's a good act, but if it's not done in accordance with the Sunnah of the Messenger, it becomes wrong. And Wallahi Billah, I've seen in Masajid today, in many mosques today, where the Imam is the one who says to the congregation to start, Subhanallah, and then everyone starts, Subhanallah. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Then, Alhamdulillah. Then the whole congregation, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. This is wrong. Man amila amala laysa alayhi amruna fahuwarad. Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwarad. And I want you to understand that when we talk about these things, we don't target anyone in particular. 
There is no enmity in, in religion with any particular person. When a person talks about bid'ah, we fight bid'ah as a whole. We don't fight individuals in religion. When you talk about something, you talk about the thing and hate that thing, not the people who do it. That's where we misunderstand everything. When an imam stands in front and speaks about bid'ah, it's the bid'ah that he hates. I don't hate any person in particular who does bid'ah as, as a person. It's the bid'ah that we hate. If you talk about beer, it's the beer that you hate, not any particular individual. Otherwise, if that became the case, if we would look at the masjid and think, ah, I shouldn't speak about bid'ah because that one is a man of bid'ah, therefore we shouldn't talk about it. I should not talk about beer because that one is a man of beer, I can't talk about it. I can... Then, let's talk about nothing in the masjid then, because everything we talk about, there is someone who does it in the masjid. If I talk about zina, the person who makes zina is going to be angry with me. If I talk about beer, the person who drinks is going to be angry with me. If I talk about bid'ah, the person who makes bid'ah is going to be angry with me. Everything we say is what people do. Therefore, what can we talk about? There is nothing to talk about at the end of the day. All we can talk about is, thank you very much, all of you are very good Muslims, alhamdulillah, aqimi salah. Maybe that should be the khutbah. Maybe that would be a very good khutbah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, you Muslim brothers, I love you very much. All of you are very good Muslims. I like the way you pray mm-hmm, and everything you do. Aqimi salah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, ilaha Maybe that should be our khutbah. So when you listen to the words of Allah, don't think someone is addressing you. Not you in particular. If that khusal is found in you, try to stop it. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ أَخَذَتْهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِثْمِ فَحَسْبُهُ جَهَنَّمُ When it is said to him, fear Allah, أَخَذَتْهُ الْعِزَّةُ He becomes proud. We shouldn't be proud. So inshallah, don't, don't attack the imam outside after, after a khutbah. You, you spoke about me. The, the imam usually doesn't even see you. He doesn't have you in mind. But these are things which are written in the sharia, which must be delivered. And if the imam doesn't do that, then he is hiding knowledge. And the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbid that.